Hey, Adultish fam, we need a quick favor from y'all. We're conducting our annual Radiotopia listener survey, and we'd really be grateful if you could just take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire. What he said. This means a lot to us, so please visit survey.prx.org slash adultish, that's adultish with no space, to tell us what you think of the show and help us learn a little bit more about yourself. There, you can answer questions about all the other Radiotopia podcasts you listen to as well. Yup, it'll really help us program the content that you want for season four. So that's survey.prx.org slash adultish. Thanks, y'all. Mwah! For me, when I listen to any type of news, I want to hear it from people who really understand the experiences of those that they speak or write about. That's what we try to do on Adultish. So that's why I'm so excited about a new show called A Better Life. It's a podcast about immigrants and how they're being affected by COVID-19. At A Better Life, the host and virtually all the reporters are immigrants or the children of immigrants, like your girl. You'll also hear from immigrant elders like grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, to hear how they're coping during the pandemic and what they've learned over the years that can help the rest of us survive today's challenges. A Better Life introduces you to people and places that you may have never encountered any other way. It's the kind of stories that you want to hear nowadays. So listen wherever you get your podcasts. Do you feel like you've had more mental breakdowns as a kid or an adult? Wow, that's a big question. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, what I'm here for. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I think as a kid, well, you know I cry all the time. Ah, but yes. when I cried when I was younger, it'd be because like, oh, my sister is tickling me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Uh-huh. But as an adult, I, oh, this is so sad. I make myself cry more. You know, I struggle with self-doubt and am I good enough? Uh-huh. I ask myself that all the time. Can you give us an example? Okay, so um, recently I was building furniture. I was building a shelf. Uh-huh. And I was excited because I'm like, oh, I'm good enough for me. That's what and you said to yourself while you were hammering? Internally, yeah, I felt badass. <laughs> and then I hear this voice from under me that was like, oh my gosh, stop, blah, 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 blah. What time so, were you doing it? Like 1030. Uh-huh. So then um, I hear them and then I stopped because I felt bad that I disrupted sleep. But at the same time, I'm like, no. I wanted to build a shelf for me. Like, I wanted people please me. Why do you need to be upset? It's 1030. I'd be low-key hot, too. I mean, like, if he was, like, hammering at 1030 in the morning and, like, maybe it was my off day or something like that and I was trying to sleep in, like, I'd be like, yo, stop. See, that kind of thing. (laughs) I was thinking, oh, they're mad at me for those reasons, and it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. So I, I stayed in bed for half an hour, was upset, and I waited until afternoon because of people like you who don't oh. wake up early. Yeah. Anyway. I understand. Thank you. <laughs> what about you? How would you answer the question? Um, I mean, at this point in my life, I was a kid for a long time compared to how long I've been an adult. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess kid wins by default. But I don't know. Like, I'm low-key making a run for this mental breakdown uh, record. <laughs> 
Like, you got Guinness on the phone? Oh, yeah. No, like, we're definitely in close contact. We're just, like, doing, figuring out the logistics of how we're going to measure it. But, like, okay. there'll be a, a, a plaque on my wall pretty soon. <laughs> but welcome, everyone, to Adultish, produced by YR Media, a show where we basically have mental breakdowns, yell at our neighbors, and talk about our personal favorite topic, mental health. <laughs> I'm Nige. And I'm Merck. Nige and I are both open when it comes to talking about our adulting issues because that's basically our whole show. But it's when the mics are off that there's even more we struggle with daily, whether it's self-doubt or people pleasing like me, anxiety, depression, all that. But it's not it's really not always stuff that's like in your control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's racism, it's sexism and like it, basically anything that's a t- an attack on who I am. Yeah. So, you know, last season we talked to people like Demetrius Harmon and y'all said that y'all related to all of those type of struggles with mental health and basically just finding yourself. So we decided to bring it back with this episode, Working Through My Ish. And we are going to have a surprise segment for y'all and our boss, Davey. It's inspired by a kinky thought that we had in season two. What would happen if therapy had a baby with Tinder? Yeah. Okay, I know, I know. But real quick, here's a clip I found of Davey where he's trying to be super cool and like the master of dating apps, which he's not. So on Tinder, you, if you, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but I think you can like undo if you pay for the premium. I never got the premium or like maybe shake it. Why is Davey in there trying to act like he didn't pay for the premium? Josie! Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I had to Google the undo like shaking thingy or whatever. He was talking about a different dating app. He was talking about Bumble. Oh, yeah. All my friends are on that. Yeah, but we're not talking about Davey's love life here. That's all for another episode called Bossy-ish. <laughs> Uh, but you will want to listen to this if you have been or are thinking about going to therapy. But right now, my bro host is going to kick off the show by telling us a story about his very first mental health breakdown. Nige, we are all ears. All right. Well, um, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a run on my local gym's treadmill, closing in on mile two. This is the part of the run when I feel a little bit of cramping. Then there's that slight metallic taste of blood in the back of my mouth, but it's okay. That's how it usually goes for me. I've been running four miles four times a week since my early teens. So I'm expecting to break into my second wind, that runner's high, but it doesn't come. Instead, my heart starts to run out of air. Outside the window, I see a cop car parked out in front. So I pull the stop lever on the treadmill and I rush out and throw my body on the hood of his car, begging for help. The officer yells, what's going on? My heart is beating off rhythm and it hurts like crazy every time it beats. While we wait for the paramedics to arrive, the cop says, hey, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. This, I mean, you know, I I don't usually get the opportunity to be the good guy. I'm glad you even thought to come over to me for help. Uh, all right. The paramedics arrive. They rip my shirt open and hook me up to an EKG in the middle of the street. After 20 minutes of running tests, they say nothing's wrong. 
For the next year, I go to the hospital about twice a month. Every test comes back saying I'm perfectly fine, which should be good news, right? But after a while, I want someone to tell me something's wrong because like my own body feels off to me. My doctor's questions change from what's wrong to well, what's the problem now to oh, you again. Then my friends went from I hope you feel better to oh, Naj not coming out tonight because you know he got sickle cell or something. And then I start to feel ashamed for not knowing what's wrong with me. Then angry, weak. My treatment plan shifts from more tests to antidepressants to anxiety meds because it's all in my mind, they say, but it feels real physical to me. With each new symptom, I feel less and less like myself and my world starts to cave in. The first place my mind chooses to cancel is school. I'm sitting in my creative writing class. I take a deep breath in then this weight lands on the center of my chest. I can barely breathe. The only way I can inhale and exhale is if I really, really focus. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. The next day, wherever I look, my vision gets blurry. Like I can see, but for some reason, I can't get my eyes to really focus on anything. The following week, my legs feel like they can't support my body anymore. And that's it. I drop out of school. This happens at the gym, the movies, my friend's house, my front porch. The doctor diagnoses me with severe vertigo. I'm told that I need to stay in bed until I feel better. I hate it. I'm a social person. My mom always told me that was my superpower, but now I'm powerless. My girlfriend tells me, what about therapy? Therapy? You think I'm crazy and that I'm weak? I shut down any conversation about therapy for four months. Then she says that if I won't make the appointment, then she will. So the next thing you know, I find myself at the psychiatric department. Last name, um, Turner. The nurse takes my medical record number and tells me to sit down in the waiting room. But then I hear another patient in the chair behind me having a full-blown conversation, talking to no one but herself. Not gonna lie, this is one of the scariest moments of my life. Not because this was the first time I'm seeing someone talk to themselves or because the distant screams down the hallway I mean, the psychiatric department is actually really nice. What scares me is the feeling that I have no idea what my body could start doing out of the blue one day. How out of the driver's seat I really am. Nigel Turner? There's an older white man calling my name. I don't know what it is about him, but something tells me that he's been where I am. It could be because he brings me into his office and literally starts the session off with, hey man, I've been where you are. But then he asks, but why are you here? At this point, I'm not sure. At first, I thought something was wrong with my heart and then my head. I know I'm here because I don't feel like myself and no one understands. But I don't say any of that out loud, though. So I decide to start telling him about my experience at the gym. But he interrupts me. Get up. We're going on a walk. 
I stand up and follow him in silence through the building until we reach two more double doors. He says, I want you to go through these doors and walk outside. Then identify in your mind all five of your senses. Tell me what you smell, hear, see, feel, and tell me what you can taste at the moment. Fine, whatever. Nothing else has worked, so let's go for a walk. I walk through the double doors and as the breeze hits me, I feel like busting out into tears. I came in here trying to be optimistic, but now they got me out in some random garden. I'm so done with hurting. I'm so done with trying. I start to talk to myself. Stay in this, baby. Come on. You got this. We got to try something. So I slow my breathing. Think. What did he say? Five senses, right? Okay. Uh, what do I smell? Let's be specific. That's too many smells. No. All right. Stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. Pick just one. Honestly, it smells like poop. <laughs> so it must be the fertilizer. Huh. For the first time in over a year, I kind of feel present. I'm like right here, right now, smelling poop. <laughs> Back in my body. Nothing has been the same since the day I willingly threw myself onto a cop car. But about a thousand walks in the garden and a year's worth of therapy later, I'm back at my local gym. I walk up to my favorite treadmill and just stare at it for a minute. Then I hop on and start running. I feel good. I start to sweat a little bit. And right after the one mile mark, I start to cramp. Hello, cramps. I do not miss you. Then I get this off taste in my mouth. It tastes a bit metallic. And then my heart starts beating off rhythm and that weight returns to my chest and every nerve in my body tells me to get off now. So I stare at the stop lever. I'm scared out of my mind, but I start to focus on the wind breezing past my face from the little treadmill fan. Then I hear the horrible radio music all gyms play. As for smell, easy, my deodorant. It's working overtime right now. And I feel like crying, so I cry. And at that moment, the air starts to taste a little sweeter. And I see, hmm, I know this is cheating using sight as a metaphor, but I see that I'm not broken, that I can be in control. Even in this moment, part of me knows that there will be more panic attacks in the future. But for now, I reach out and bump up the speed. Thanks for sharing that story with us, Nige. Yeah, no problem. So it seems like your therapist at first didn't really want to talk about why you were feeling the way that you were. He just went straight into those mindfulness exercises. Uh, Do you have any insight now that time has passed as to why he started you out that way? 
Um, I think it was because he wanted to kind of bring me into the moment. I think he could just really see I wasn't present and that I had kind of like been through this like so many times and I was like giving him the runaround. And so I think he just like wanted to like bring me kind of more back into my body so that we could have like a, like a deeper conversation with me, like actually in the moment with him, you know, and I didn't get into it. It's not like I just like went to therapy, saw him and was like, he was like, yo, do these five senses and then that cured like everything in my life mm -hmm. but <laughs> like there was like years there's years of, of therapy behind that but and that was just like the first session mm. so your girlfriend is the one who signed you up for therapy so <laughs> shout out to brandy shout out have you passed the torch and suggested professional help for anyone that you're close to that needs it Oh, for sure. I'm a I'm a therapy king of like of like, hey, you should go see somebody about that. <laughs> I've recommended therapy to you. What do you mean? <laughs> now that I think about it, what? You should get a referral code. We've for had that. this conversation. I should. And what have their responses been to that? Um Yeah, I don't know. You were pretty cool about it. <laughs> One of my other friends is always everybody. <laughs> everybody's usually pretty cool about it like I think when you've gone through it and it kind of takes the stigma out of it like if I tell you that you should go to therapy you know I'm not saying anything about you because mm -hmm. like you know I've been there before and so like everybody's usually pretty cool about it you've become the doctor who's like hey I know where you've been exactly that's how you that's how you started off yeah <laughs> I mean, I know I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate my own mental health. And honestly, it's just a matter of me taking your advice, getting off my butt and seeking help. But I'm still hesitant. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like that for me, too. Like, I mean, I had a, t a period of time in my life where, like, I was going hard for, like, my mental health. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was really, like, putting in all the work that I, that I have. But when stuff really starts working out for you, you kind of, like lacks off of it and so mm -hmm. like I'm not as active on all the things that I used to do so I need to get back on it too that's how it is with with, with mm -hmm. all of us but hopefully though in this next segment you'll get to do that young murky murk sort of yeah kinda. let's <laughs> do it I'm excited for sure Hey, Merck. Yes, Nige? What kind of rules have you broken growing up? Me breaking rules? You know I'm an angel. I don't break rules. That's nonsense. That's 100% <laughs> cap. No, okay, so in sixth grade, I threw a banana at my crush at lunchtime. <laughs> and For what? Um, Because I, I, I liked him, and I guess that's how I showed my attraction to this person mm, how how romantic very romantic <laughs> then i got in trouble by my teacher then i started crying and then the teacher started crying so <laughs> i cried my way out of it <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i can't blame you because i've cried my way out of uh, a fair enough situation so i see it. it's a it's a valid excuse what about you though what kind of rules have you broken um, so basically I got mad that this girl got me in trouble. She like made a little snarky remark and I locked her in the closet for all of recess in the sixth grade. So yeah. And I got, oh I got detention for a very long time because of that. Wow. <laughs> well, if y'all think that's fun, our friends at the Mortified Podcast are making a new series that's all about the moments people broke the rules growing up and what those moments can teach us. And the best part is called... 
Ooh, you're in trouble. And you can be on it if you're under 25 and have a story about stirring up mischief back in the day, whether that's something sus like cheating on a test or <laughs> something courageous like breaking dress code in the name of justice. Pitch a story at getmortified.com slash trouble. That's getmortified.com slash trouble. Help make some trouble. The good kind of trouble. I don't know how many of you remember this moment from season two, but take a listen. How similar to dating would you say therapy is? Because like right now, I'm just imagining <laughs> Davey being like, oh, right. So do you like long walks on the beach? You know, like in my mind, because that's where right. you're going to be. It is like a speed dating type of vibe. Yeah. I guess so. I've honestly contemplated on creating like a Tinder-like app, but to find a therapist. Hey! <laughs> That'd be dope. Y'all thought we were kidding, huh? Cue the game show music. Original idea brought to you by therapist Adriana Alejandre of Latinx Therapy. We would like to welcome everybody to a show where we find someone who needs professional mental health help and match them to their dream therapist. You're listening to none other than Therapy Tinder. It's your boy, Nige, and basically, the process of finding a therapist sucks. So, we're here to just make it a little bit more fun. So, with us, we have three therapists and two contestants competing to get a therapist that can handle their ish. Are we really competing, though? I don't know. I mean, maybe one of y'all might not find an actual therapist. So, yes. <laughs> but nobody cued you yet. Before we bring <laughs> out our contestants, let's have the therapists introduce themselves. Therapist, talk to them. Hi, I am Chaisa Vija. I usually go by Shay, and I practice in Chicago, Illinois. So Shay starts off her sessions by doing a verbal background check on your whole life. She asks about your family, education, career, relationships, and all of that stuff. And then she analyzes the patterns about how you talk about yourself and comes up with a treatment plan. It sounds like she's like writing a memoir for you in a way. Yeah. and analyzing it, which I'm, I'm into. It's so. like low-key, like, method acting. <laughs> then we have <laughs> Louise. <laughs> then we have Louise. Hello, this is Luis Resendez from Upland, California. Louise has a three-phase process for his clients. The assessment, the intervention, and the conclusion phases. Sounds kind of like the scientific method that you learned as a kid in elementary school. And he hopes that one day, after working together, that you'll get to the point where you can be therapy-free. Now, our third therapist. Hey, y'all. This is Amanda Garcia Torres from New York City. Lastly, Amanda is a chairwork psychotherapist. Psychotherapy is basically a fancy term for talk therapy. And chairwork is a technique that, surprise, surprise, involves actual chairs. <laughs> and you, the client, sit in said chair and embody your anxiety while Amanda asks you all these questions as your anxiety about, you know, why you're being all anxiety and stuff like that. <laughs> so, like, why are you being so pushy and why are you always popping up out of nowhere? Are you looking at me when you Other said stuff that? like that. <laughs> We're talking about your anxiety. This is not, I am sitting in it's the chair. you didn't turn your timesheet on <laughs> but time. Oh, ouch. See, this is not about me. This is about you. So those are our therapists. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's bring out our contestants. Coming from L.A., it's Merck Nguyen. Actually, it's, it's Angela, but professionally, I do go by Merck. 
Uh, all right. So we're gonna go ahead and call you Mergula. <laughs> Uh, Mergula, why are you here today? Well, I think that I let my family's identity take over my identity. So there's a lot of mind clucking going on in my head. I kind of don't know who I am sometimes. So like even asking, what is your name? It's kind of hard to say sometimes. Man, you should like seek some help. Oh, wait, wait. That's why you're here. <laughs> you are in the right place, Mergjala. We also have contestant number dos. Uh, you've heard his name in our show very often, and we hear uh, his voice very often as well. Uh, he's our senior producer, Davey Kim. How's your mental health today, David? <laughs> It was it was gonna be a seven until you called me David, <laughs> but now it's a rising six. Ah, oh, alrighty. Well, uh, that's why you're here because we got to get you to that seven. nine, seven, or oh yeah, or eight. Yes, high hopes. Yeah. Um, have you ever been on a uh, Tinder, <laughs> Davy? Yes, um, a couple iPhones ago, I was definitely on Tinder. Have you been on uh. Tinder? Ah, this is not about me. <laughs> Do you know I'm how it works? the host. Nope, but I'm about to learn today. <laughs> So what we're going to do is we're going to get a better idea on what kind of therapist will work best for you and young Merkjula on the other line there. Yay. And by the way, everyone, both Merkjula and Davey are actually planning on seeking real life therapy soon. Um... <laughs> Scrolling. <laughs> Next line. <laughs> Cue cards, please. All right. Great. So here's how this is going to work. You'll ask each of our three therapists the same three questions and hear all their responses. You're going to indicate whether or not you like their responses with a verbal swipe to the right, indicating that you do like their answer, or nah, by swiping to the left on that therapist, because you're like not that into them, you know? Anyways, this is a chance for you to get to know the different approaches that some therapists might have. It's a lot like dating, which is why this is called Therapy Tinder. So let's get started, shall we? <laughs> yes, after yeah, that beautiful jingle, sure. So Davey, why don't you take it away by starting to ask them some questions? Okay, question that I was curious about um, was how do each of these therapists set up counseling goals? Good question. Uh, therapists, how do you answer to young Diggity Davey? At Rumors Therapy, I set up therapy goals by utilizing a treatment plan, which is essentially a blueprint of how we're going to approach um, some of the symptoms that are interfering with an individual's life. We also identify um, other supports and also barriers throughout this process. Um, so not only during the treatment planning phase, I am providing impressions. I am also working with the individual to develop goals and identify possible barriers or supports. Thank you, Shay. Now let's hear from Louise. During the first phase of therapy assessment, I sit down with the client and explore what they wish to address specifically in their time with me. This can be anything from managing symptoms of anxiety and or depression to exploring historical traumas. And then I write treatment goals that are tailor-fitted to the client's needs. I try not to take a cookie-cutter approach where 
the goals I'm working on with one client are going to be utilized with another client. I really hone in on respecting the individuality of each and every client I see. Mm. Louise makes a compelling argument. <laughs> and now let's hear from Amanda. Using information I learned in my initial sessions and what my client says they want to work on, together we talk and we agree on a few clear goals for therapy. If I think any of the goals are unrealistic, like they say, I want to be happy, I'll work with them to further define what they mean by a statement like that, and then we find a goal that is realistic and attainable for them. I let clients know that their goals might change depending on how the work's going and new stuff that emerges, and if I feel that things are getting fuzzy along the way and our work has been getting off course, I'll let my client know and we revisit their goals. So since you started off with the question, Davey, whose response spoke to you? What I found interesting was I think Shay mentioned that she had a blueprint for a treatment plan, whereas Luis and Amanda, they wanted to identify individual needs. There was like a little, it sounded like there was a little bit more attention to detail to like yourself, individual needs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for myself, and I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm literally this week talking to four different therapists for a free like 20 minute consultation plan. I have very specific things that I want to work on, like anxiety, stress, also family stuff. Um, And I feel like Amanda and Luis might be better, just just based on this first question. So Mm. that's me. What about you, Merck? Well, I really, I know that I'm a goal-oriented person, so it stuck out to me when Shay and Amanda both mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Um, I did appreciate how Luis was like, I don't take a cookie-cutter approach, and I feel like that's really real, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But I think something that stuck out to me was... Amanda's word choice again this also being the first time I'm hearing their voices um she said the word fuzzy and I don't know that's (laughs) such a small detail but also I think that talking with someone who uses the same kind of vocab or just like same inflections and Mm. intonations will just make me when I talk to them it'll be like oh it's like we're already talking the same way it's like we already know each other and that level of comfortability and familiarity I think is is good Still going to go with Shay's answer, but... So you felt more comfortable with Amanda's, like, vibe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. She's my vibe. I actually felt like Luis and Amanda's response were more... I I felt better about those, but I actually appreciated Shay's vibe the most. I felt like that one was a little bit more warm to me. Luis seemed very, like, practical and straightforward, and so did Amanda. But in terms of just, like, warmth, I think I got that from Shay. Interesting. So like the content of what they said or like their actual like method was kind of like equally rivaled by vibe. Yeah. Hmm, Now I'm wondering, should I change my answer to Amanda? No, you already swiped. I didn't didn't (laughs) swipe though. So I think I'm swiping right on Shay. It's like one of those risky swipes where you don't know. (laughs) But maybe in the conversation to follow. Yeah. You might know. <laughs> um, like, Mark, what are you, uh, what are you swiping on, uh, on Shay? I'm swiping right on, wait, wait, wait. You said I already swiped though. So can I change my answer? Yeah, so on Tinder, you, you, if you, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but I think you can like undo if you pay for the premium or like maybe shake it. I'm not sure. Shake it? You shake your phone. I when think you... there's like well. Let's option. just pretend that you didn't swipe yet. <laughs> is this an etch a sketch? How, how do you swipe? How do you swipe? I am going to swipe right on Amansa. Let's fuzzy it Amansa. up. Amansa. <laughs> Who is Amansa? Let me look back at. <laughs> Did the... I say Amansa? Amanda. <laughs> on Amanda, you're swiping. Uh, you're swiping right. Swiping right. 
Ah, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, let's keep this thing going. Uh, Davey, you got another question for them? So I've yet to be in a one-on-one therapy session, but something that came up when I was thinking about the chair work, I, if I was in that chair, I imagine I'd be really, you know, I imagine that a lot of thoughts and emotions come up. So what I was curious is how would the therapist support me as, as a client um, in the event that I actually feel worse after a session? Therapists? Respond. It's a big understanding that therapy does bring up a lot. And at times we are feeling overwhelmed with all that we might need to process and kind of um, work towards improving. But I think a trauma-informed approach does manage this, um, where we are doing pacing and we are developing a treatment plan that focuses on um, certain specific things at first. And then we might edit that or formulate a different um, phase of therapy. So I think that does really provide comfort to clients that, you know, this is more of a somewhat long-term process that can be up to a year or two. And now let's hear from Luis. I often compare the process of therapy to pulling out a splinter that's stuck in your finger. So what's lodged there and it stings and it hurts, but you got to do something about it. So pulling it out hurts and stings, but after doing so, you start to feel better as time passes. I also remind clients, too, that no growth comes from comfort zones. But in at least being able to process trauma and discuss things like anxiety and or depression in a safe place, they've taken major steps to move forward and live healthy and productive lives. I don't know. I like I like Louise's answer. Yeah, me too. But I, I'm gonna hold my swipe. Alrighty, now let's hear from Amanda. I'm a big advocate for providing clients with tools so that their lives and relationships are protected while they're working on the hard stuff with me in therapy. I check in with clients about whether or not they're actually practicing the self care and self comfort strategies and tools that we built and worked on before we got into the heavy stuff. I might add in some extra self-compassion work or safe space imagery work in our sessions. I like the, uh, I like the, uh, splinter analogy. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Merck, uh, who made you feel the most supported in that scenario? Even though it was visually painful, I would say master splinter, AKA Luis, because I really liked when he said no growth comes from comfort zones because a lot of my life I've been sugarcoated the truth you know, being the youngest, people are like, oh, you don't need to know this. You're the baby. But even though it was meant to protect me, it actually hurt me. So, yeah, swiping right on Luis. It's very Uncle Ben Spider-Man vibes coming mm-hmm. from Luis. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah, it. Uncle Luis. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Davey, how about you let us know who, uh, which way you're going to swipe? I think I'm going to swipe right on Amanda this time. Mm. I, I, I didn't think I was going to swipe right on her earlier just from vibes, but... I'm really into the idea, again, of self-compassion work and safe self-care um, and, and the sweet chair that I bet she has. So. <laughs> uh, Merck, how about you hit him with the last question? All right. So we're all talking about vibes anyway, and I wanted to know what kind of characteristics do clients have that make them a better fit to meet you as a therapist? 
Some of the characteristics that clients have that make them a best fit for Romer's therapy are clients that are highly motivated um, about therapy, even if they haven't been to therapy before. So they kind of buy into the therapy process and they're very ready to explore how maybe their race and ethnicity impacts them and also how maybe some intergenerational trauma or history of events have impacted their daily life and are seeking to be more self-aware and self-actualized. All right, now, Louise. The client that makes the best fit for me is someone who is invested and dedicated to the process of change during therapy. Someone who's going to be patient with that process, which can be a little tedious, a little frustrating at times, but nevertheless, someone who is invested in their overall growth. I make this a point in addressing during my initial session with the client, because many times clients come in and expect to be cured or healed, quote unquote, after two or three sessions of therapy. So I'm constantly reminding them that it's all about the process. Be patient, communicate with me. And then we will take this as far as we need to take it. All right. Now, Amanda. I vibe really well with clients who are open to working hard and who understand that the work is messy, challenging, and can be very uncomfortable at times. I take therapy work seriously. And so I don't hesitate to call someone out if I think they're not taking full responsibility for their life and for their progress. All my clients know that I am not down for foolery or flakiness. It also really helps if my clients enjoy laughing and are down to deal with all of my constant pop culture references and corny jokes. I do a lot of trauma-focused work, so it's really great when clients can appreciate that sometimes we just got to laugh at silly things in order to balance the darkness. Oh, man. I think you guys know how I'm going to respond to this. I think think somebody (laughs) really spoke to Merkjula there. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, first, I want to say that Um, Something that really stuck out to me was in Shay's response mentioned being self-actualized and, you know, exploring your identities. Uh, I am second gen Asian American, but Vietnamese American. And I think that I do have intergenerational war trauma from my parents and what they faced in the Vietnam War. Like I get shaky talking about it. Um, So I appreciated that. But, yo, Amanda is so my vibe with the corny jokes and the pop culture references. Like, I mean, this is where when Louise said uh, growth doesn't come from safe space or comfortable spaces. Yeah. The thing is, I, I'm i sure that is true, but I kind of want to believe that in some parts of it, the opposite is true because I feel so much comfort with Amanda already. So, But are you truly pushing yourself if you stick with what you know? Well, Ooh. she said she's going to call me out nice on my one. BS. So, yeah, she doesn't. She said she's not down with foolery. So, yeah, I, I think she'd be able to call me out because, yeah. again, I'm, I'm looking for that. Davey, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm going to jump on what you just said. I was really digging Amanda when she said she'll call you out if she doesn't think that you're taking full responsibility for your life. But when she started talking about pop culture and corny <laughs> jokes, that's when I was out. Um, <laughs> that's what drew me in. Yeah. So y'all know me. Like, that's not my preferred type of humor. Um, having said that, I still do appreciate that she said, she, you know, she'll call you out. And I, I think we really need that in therapy as well. We need some tough love. Uh, Davey, who are you swiping right on? So for me, Shay and Luis, they both speak out to me pretty similarly. 
But I also know that Luis shares the same gender identity as I do. And I feel like that does definitely play into my life in terms of, you know, the way I approach things at work, my family, and just like my social life. So I feel like for that reason, he takes a tiny bit of an edge. So I'm going to swipe right on Luis. Hey, all right. Well, now, uh, <laughs> well, I need some like suspenseful, cue suspense music. Now, boom. Well, now, we have gotten <laughs> to the part of the show where we are going to do something called the Super Swipe. Super Swipe. Super Swipe. <laughs> so, Merck. Yes. We will now ask you who you will Super Swipe right on. It's Super Swipe up. Oh, Super Swipe. <clears throat> so, clearly well, now, Merck, Jala, who you will swipe up on. All of the therapists are great, mm-hmm. but I think it's pretty clear with y'all who know me and just me knowing me that Amanda, she she's it. I mean, chair work, that sounds like such a uh, experiential part of like a new way of therapy I have never heard about before. Um, it'll bring me back to my high school theater days, but also just the positivity and the fun, but also the the real ish that she will give. I'm super swiping up on Amanda. Oh, Mer got <laughs> paired with a therapist. Dang, Congratulations! <laughs> All right, Davy. We will now ask you who you will super swipe up on. I am going to have to go. Commercial break. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Let me think about it. I'm going to have to go with Shay. But I would ask Shay if we could do some of that chair work stuff, too, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really intrigued. I'm going to have to Google this when I get home. All right. Well, it looks like you guys got your matches. Woo! I'm so proud of you, too. Oh, my God. Journey, congrats, congrats. Uh, just remember, everyone, therapy is not one size fits all. And yes, Therapy Tinder is just a small taste of what actual real life therapy is like. But when you're actually doing your real life Therapy Tinder journey and like talking to all these therapists, take some of these questions and ask them in your free one on one consultations, and maybe it'll help you pick the right one. Find more on each of our therapists that we had today on our game show on our website at adultishpodcast.com. I'm Nige, and thanks for joining Therapy Tinder. We want to wish you all the best on your mental health journeys because that's what we do here at Adultish, a show produced by YR Media, a national network of young artists and journalists creating content for this generation. Yee, huge thank yous to all the people who made this possible. Our senior producer, Davey Kim, engineers, Carrie Campbell and Gonady Joe Johnson, executive producer, Rebecca Martin, and all the talented young people here at YR responsible for the art and music for this episode. Please, please, please go to our website, adultishpodcast.com, to find info on the therapist we mentioned earlier. Another place you can go to for help is openpathcollective.org. There, you can find a therapist in your area, pay a low one-time fee, and from there, have sessions of your own that range from, you know, 30 to 60 bucks, which is a lot cheaper than most places. 
and rate our show with five stars. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. <laughs> and follow us on all the socials at YRAdultish. If you want to follow Merck, she is at UltraRadUberFad. And my brother from another mother, Nige, is on Twitter at Nigel T. Hey, Nigel. Uh, <laughs> we're also proud to be members of Radiotopia by PRX, an independent listener-supported collective of some of the most swipe-writable shows in all of podcasting. Check them out at radiotopia.fm. And remember, as Merck's favorite Seattle athlete, Marshawn Lynch, said... Uh, it's definitely not Marshawn. It's actually D. Gordon from the Seattle Mariners. Get it right, man. Uh, well, as my favorite Seattle athlete said, take care of your chicken and your mentals. And on that note, we out. Bye. Radiotopia.